chapter nine of lady jim of curzon street this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org lady jim of curzon street by fergus hume chapter nine keeping up the necessary darby and joan comedy kames strolled into his wife's dressing-room half an hour before dinner to inquire if she was ready leah had a second-hand view of him in a full-length mirror before which she posed while her maid added a few final touches to an eminently successful frock from the composed expression of his face she guessed that he had not yet renewed his acquaintance with mr askew and therefore must be ignorant that the free-spoken sailor had let the cat out of the bag lady jim possessed the animal now but she did not intend to reveal her capture until jim explained how he had sped with the duke a slight nod towards the glass showed her husband that she was aware of his presence and the maid continued to use experienced fingers but leah looked so charming that further trouble in this way was like adding sugar to honey jim stared approvingly and when the maid was dismissed she saw his way to a compliment you have the good points of several women rolled into one leah he said with the look of a sultan appraising an odalisque that polite speech means much coming from a man of your experience my dear jim what good point of mrs penworthy's have i annexed you're jealous horribly you are so deeply attached to that bundle of faded chiffon i don't care two straws for her appearances are misleading then but added leah remembering askew's eulogy it may be that you prefer something that's good and holy and pure i don't know why you should say that grumbled jim annoyed at being credited with such primitive tastes you may know before long and she laughed at the thought of the marine bombshell which would shortly shatter jim's complacency i don't know what you're talking about said kames with unaffected surprise and i'm confoundedly hungry ah did the duke's lecture give you an appetite leah jim became so serious as to look almost intelligent my father is the best man who ever wore shoe-leather he is usually condemned to cloth-boots for gouty feet murmured leah patting the back of her head so you've pulled the wool over his eyes again i wish you wouldn't use slang protested jim virtuously i can't pretend to vie with mrs penworthy's purity of speech my dear man how much have you got out of the duke well he hasn't given me money oh but he's promised ah i wish you'd let me speak cried kames testily my father has promised to pay all the debts good heavens is he aware of the amount wait i've not finished he'll pay the debts and reduce our income to a thousand a year till he recoups himself really 
i thought you had seen your father and not a money-lender have you accepted this most generous offer yes i have said jim sulkily and kicking a mat out of the way i see it's to be bayswater after all james if you talk like that i'll go down to dinner without you by all means you've taken away my appetite she laughed in a way calculated to still further infuriate jim who paced the room in a towering passion nevertheless she was seriously angry had the duke refused all help it would have been more decent but this bargain which was all on one side annoyed her beyond measure what did the duke mean by taking their money it seems to me we've got to pay our own debts then she said while jim seethed like a whirlpool and why shouldn't we it's only fair leah stared and began to think that jim was too good for this world i hope you are not going to die she said anxiously not in your way cried kaimes misunderstanding her we aren't going to have any burying alive or substituted corpses and i'm going to hang on as a respectable member of society i'll come and hear you preach jim i'm preaching now raged her husband and don't you make any mistake leah i've told the duke everything how injudicious he might have had a fit he didn't even blame me said jim breaking down and there were tears in his eyes leah laughed amazingly long and loud considering the tightness of her corset i wish i had been present did you cry too jim i jolly well nearly did said kaimes truthfully if ungrammatically though it's no good explaining to an icicle like you but the pater's going to pay the debts free our income and let the curzon street house better and better than we do go to bayswater he'll allow us one thousand a year till the debts are wiped off went on kaimes hurriedly and wishing to get the explanation over and we can go abroad for a couple of years you can i shan't as my wife you must as an individual i shan't retorted lady jim calmly she was getting over her rage now as she foresaw a very different interview between herself and jim before they retired for the night it is very good of you to have settled all this without consulting me and now that you have done so let us go to dinner but i there's the gong observed leah opening the door and i don't like cold soup you'll have to like lots of things now you didn't like before said jim as they went down the selection doesn't include you my good man so don't be disappointed 
jim could have shaken her and began to understand why the lower orders indulged in wife-beating but as they were entering the drawing-room at this moment he had to play the part of a devoted husband leah floated radiantly into the brilliantly lighted apartment and jim sought out the oldest and ugliest woman he could find when he thought of his wife beauty sickened him for the time being thus it came about that miss jaffrey had the pleasure of shouting into his ear throughout a long and wearisome dinner whether it was the work of the fetish or of lady frith leah did not know but she found herself seated at the table with askew on her right hand the young man looked flustered and ill at ease i'm so sorry he began apologetically and as she thought tactlessly that you're my neighbour she interrupted sweetly how unkind no but i never knew he was your husband who mr baring don't make it harder for me he entreated softly i've been calling myself names ever since we parted you should have left that to me mr askew there's nothing in it you know he stuttered heedlessly of course she never married him i hope not for the sake of morality said lady jim lightly and thinking that the soup was worse than usual however it doesn't matter my husband is a modest man and sometimes drops his title when travelling i dare say as mr baring he thought he was free to make love but he wasn't protested askew with a glance towards the unconscious jim who apparently had not recognised him you should tell him so i intend to in the smoking-room lady jim looked at him imperiously and softened her voice to a very direct whisper don't make trouble she said in a somewhat domineering tone that will do no good and much harm and after all married or unmarried every man has a right to admire a pretty woman but not to make love to her muttered the young man with another vengeful glance i am no casuist replied leah calmly and you should be pleased that things are as they are you can now return to lima or rosario and marry the lady she wouldn't have me is she so much in love with mr baring then please don't lady james i can't talk like this to you she gave a light laugh it seems to me that you are talking therefore i repeat my question it might only have been gratitude he murmured for what baring i mean your husband saved her from being trampled upon by a mustang how picturesque and how suited to jim's qualifications and she no she didn't interrupted askew hurriedly i see i have been mistaken it was gratitude not love of course said lady jim jeeringly a woman always prefers to exercise the former rather than the latter i wish i'd stopped and tried my luck muttered the sailor not clever enough to interpret the speech it's not too late mr baring is safely secured by love and the law to my apron-string so you can go back and no i've just come in for a property of sorts and the service has seen the last of me
is signorita fajardo in the same predicament as the service there's a cousin lady james a female cousin who goes with the property as a fixture i quite understand you have to marry her out of gratitude for the money and without the discomforting passion of love the spanish lady's history repeats itself i see askew was rather discomfited how quick you are you can't have had much to do with women she murmured but i hope you will make no trouble in the smoking-room no as things are it's none of my funeral he observed grumpily quite so i am the chief mourner but i say lady james said the lieutenant anxiously i hope what i've inadvertently told you won't of course not she assured him mendaciously my husband is most trustworthy as you can see by his choice of that ugly old maid as a dinner companion you were mistaken i think i must have been said askew with great relief of course people talk at lima as elsewhere he ended apologetically unless south america is inhabited by the deaf and dumb i suppose they do you're laughing at me lady james i always laugh it's good for the digestion at everything at everything even at love he asked timidly she shot an amused glance at his colouring face remember you are engaged to the fixture mr askew but i say can't i come and see you in town i shall be delighted if you can find your way to curzon street you live there he asked obtusely in a most respectable manner with my husband mr baring i'm known as lady jim of curzon street most improper isn't it when baring i say don't expostulated the young man quickly i'll never forgive myself for being such a fool can i call you lady jim he was getting on very fast and leah in the interests of virtue deemed it necessary to snub him certainly not only people who have known me fifty years address me so familiarly you must believe in reincarnation then he retorted this was clever and pleased her i was circe in the days of homer mr askew but as to my name now there is another lady jim a horrid woman who carries tracts and meddles with morals and dresses in a piously shabby fashion so that we may not be mixed up i am known by the name of the street i live in to you i am lady james kames and circe the sorceress he murmured leah laughed we'll see what sort of animal my magic will turn you into she observed with an encouraging smile this was a distinct promise or at least he construed it as such for his eyes brightened and he glanced at her in a way which assured her that she was looking her best he was certainly a delightful boy she reflected if somewhat fickle but a man who was catholic enough to marry the fixture and adore the spanish lady and make sudden love to herself must be worth feminine appreciation and study besides he was good-looking and had money 
conjoined with a frank and unsuspicious nature assuredly he might be useful if not inclined to explore the land of tenderness too assiduously but in that case he might compromise her in an earnest pig-headed way which would be at once boring ridiculous and dangerous leah approved of playing with fire but she was too careful to risk a personal conflagration though allured by the prospect of tormenting an honest heart she had not made up her mind to enjoy the opportunity by the time she left the dining-room but a distinctly tigerish glance sent to her address by demetrius almost inclined her to give young askew the chance of making a fool of himself the russian had apparently noticed the embryo flirtation all the better thought leah sailing into the adamless eden of the winter garden it will be an additional card to play which showed that lady jim was by no means satisfied with the arrangement come to between her husband and his father a cigarette dear lady jim simpered mrs penworthy no thanks i leave smoking to women who bait their hooks with agreeable vices and she moved towards lady canvey it was horribly rude and mrs penworthy choked back an hysterical scream delightful woman lady james said miss jaffrey delightful assented the other who at the moment would gladly have mounted the scaffold on a charge of murdering her insolent rival i call her perfectly lovely such a perfect complexion and exquisite figure and heavenly eyes and large hands but this piece of spite was wasted as by this time lady jim was seated by her godmother assuring that sceptical lady how absolutely delighted she was to learn that dear jim had arranged matters with the dear duke and so sweet of the duke to tell you she went on i know how anxious you have been about me can you wonder at my dear when you are so sweet and gentle and womanly said lady canby who was quite equal to a war of words you must be thinking of hilda frith replied lady jim calmly i cannot call myself such an angel no you left that to the sailor boy you were flirting with poor boy he doesn't know how to flirt you'll teach him my dear chuckled the old lady not without fees hum his education will cost him a pretty penny possibly but i might teach him for love after the fashion of miss tallentire and lionel rubbish joan doesn't know how to flirt or to dress either i must ask her how the whiteley sails are getting on leah said lady canby with a pained look why have you such a bitter tongue i must defend myself somehow you wouldn't have me scratch and bite would you i would have you be more womanly and lovable my dear on a thousand a year and such a husband as i have every man is what his wife makes him they generally go to other men's wives to be manufactured besides so far as jim is concerned you can't make a silk purse out of a certain 
animal's ear my dear i am an old woman and perhaps rather sharp-tongued at times but i have a motherly feeling for you can't you give up this wild life and go abroad to devote yourself to jim he has his good points my dear and if you would try and live more amicably with him i am sure you would be a happy woman then in a year or so you could come back to curzon street with all the debts paid and your full income to live on believe me she laid a withered hand on leah's beautiful arm i speak for the best my dear girl leah smiled disdainfully now that the sermon's over can i pass round the plate she said cruelly not for me to put money in said lady canvey with a flush i shan't give you a penny it is useless talking to you leah your one idea is money and enjoyment and love of admiration it seems to me that those are three ideas replied lady jim rising but as our conversation is neither enjoyable nor instructive i shall go away all the same she lingered and talked in a low tone with unexpected emotion you blame me lady canvey for being what i am pray what chance have i had of being otherwise i lost my mother when i was a child i was brought up by a neglectful and selfish father i am married to a husband who has nothing of the man about him save those handsome looks which lured me into a much regretted marriage all my life i have lived with worldly and material people and your counsel has been as worldly as that of any one of them i have never been shown the difference between right and wrong and there isn't a single soul in the world who has a spark of love for me if my upbringing and surroundings had been better i might be a good woman so far as i can be i am a good woman i have my moments of regret i have my moments when i wish i could be a religious dowdy saint but who will help me out of the mire who will here she broke off for her emotion was becoming too strong for the publicity of the place with a violent effort which showed the strength and courage of her nature she calmed down and the colour faded from her face as did the frown which gave place to a cynical smile annoyed with herself for having given lady canvey a glimpse of her better nature she walked away leaving the old woman surprised and startled and in her own selfish way truly sorry there was much truth in what leah had said but her mask was on again the moment she crossed to the door and demetrius who was obviously looking for her saw only the beautiful calm woman he knew so well his face was as agitated as leah's had been a few minutes previously madame i must see you privately what an extraordinary request monsieur ah but you will understand he threw out his hands expressively no 
i am ignorant of the deaf and dumb language cruel cruel silly silly she mocked then glanced round with upraised eyebrows don't make a scene monsieur or i shall begin to believe that you appreciate our english custom of lingering over the wine will you let me explain entreated the russian certainly to-morrow at four i'll be in the picture gallery good-night and with a friendly nod she moved away demetrius swore softly in russian which is a most picturesque language in many ways without a glance lady jim ascended the stairs well pleased demetrius was losing command of himself and therefore would be all the easier to manage should she require his services i'll have that twenty thousand before spring she decided End of chapter 9